back folks this is the detroiter presented by the second string and the second string.com we're covering sports in the motor city and the mitten state i'm your host nick bradley i appreciate everyone listening appreciate you being here we got a good one today we got a quickie but a goodie that's the best way to do it right there just ask your girl you know what i'm saying just ask your girlfriend you feel me a quickie but a goodie and it doesn't and by quick i mean less than two minutes no not that quick not that quick um, like 20 minutes, 25 minutes. You guys are catching me at quite the right time today. <laughs> Not sexual. You're catching me at quite the right time. I will be heading to Los Angeles International Airport in about 45 minutes to take a flight from LA to Nashville, Tennessee, where I'm going to link up with like, I don't even know, 13, 14 of my best friends from Michigan State University. And we're going to flip that place upside down. We're going to do some unspeakable things. We may end up in the papers. Um, Nashville PD, I would certainly be on high alert this coming weekend. We got a bachelor party. I've never been to a bachelor party before. I don't know what to expect. We're not going to Vegas, but I've heard that what happens in Vegas stays in Vegas. I know Nashville's a bit of a crazy place. I know there's you know easy accessibility to beers, moonshine, whatever fucking drug you want all over the place there. I would imagine there is some sort of sentiment along the lines of what happens in Nashville stays in Nashville. I don't know what that thing will be. I'm sure it will happen, and I couldn't be more excited about it. Not only am I going to a massive party city that I've never been to, so I'm excited to experience Nashville, super famous. Everybody that goes there is like, it's the greatest place ever. I actually have a couple of friends that have moved there recently. It feels like it's growing year by year, like more and more and more people are setting up shop in Nashville, Tennessee. I'm excited to be there for the first time and experience the culture and Broadway and all that good stuff, but nothing in the world. I've said it before. I did a podcast a long time ago, nothing in the world quite like reunion vibes. There is nothing on the planet earth that feels the same as sitting down with a couple ice cold ones with a couple of good friends you haven't seen in over a year. A couple of guys that the moment you sit down, conversations in the air you're chatting and you're not chatting about oh how's how's work going oh how's you know how are you doing i mean yeah maybe there's some how you doing you happy is life treating you well but we're not talking oh you get that promotion oh how is how how's the family no we're talking about god knows what we're talking about why pineapple belongs on pizza we're clowning this guy for his selection of shirt we're clowning that guy for getting rejected by the waitress not three but four times Anything and everything goes. It's all funny. Everybody's there for a good time. Nobody's looking around going, what's offensive about that? Oh, what can I complain about? Nobody wants to complain. You could put all of us in a dark room with just enough water, not even more than we need, just enough to keep us alive and like a loaf of bread. And we'd be happy as a clam for the entire weekend. So I'm excited to get back to a little bit of reunion vibes. I'm excited to do some partying. Again, never been to a bachelor party. So I'm excited to just like say that I've been to a bachelor party. I'm excited to, you know, see what happens. I didn't order any strippers yet. <laughs> I don't know if anybody did. That would actually be kind of funny. I kind of, I'll, all right, I'm not a stripper guy. Hands up. I'm not a stripper guy. I just never have gotten into it. You know, you go to the strip club and it's like, I'm just paying this girl to like get naked and dance on me, which is great. Like I love 
naked girls and I like when they dance, put those together. I totally get it worth a couple bucks. If I'm spending that money on a little Caesars pizza, the least I could do is spend it on a beautiful woman of legends nightclub in Detroit. But it just has always felt a little awkward or it's like, I want you to get naked and dance on me because you think I'm funny, right? I want you to take your clothes off and dance because you like my mustache, not because you think I'm going to give you $40 afterwards. You understand? And that's counterintuitive to the entire point of strippers and the strip club. But for that reason, I've always found them kind of awkward. Like I'm sitting there going, this is so weird. Like you're just doing this because you're going to get paid. You don't want to do this. And it's not like they're fucking bringing your Chinese food to your table, right? They're not washing your car. They're not clipping my hair. They're naked. They're butt ass naked, just like dancing on my groin. And I'm like, this is, you know bricked i mean uh weird this is weird why like why are you doing this it's just money i want you to do this because you're like oh i'm actually into guys that are under 510 that's why i want you to be doing it not because i've got 510 in my wallet you heard <laughs> i don't have 510 in my wallet i have like three dollars maybe in cash um i actually never carry cash it's probably a mistake that I'm making as we speak, I'll be going to Nashville with like $3 in my wallet. Probably stupid. I probably should have like 60 bucks on me. Just, you never know. That's what my dad always says. You never know. You might get in a jam, but um, I won't, I will have two pieces of plastic that hopefully they work. If I'm in a gym, if I get robbed, hopefully they take card. So we'll see what happens. That said, um, as you can tell, I'm pretty fired up. I'm in a good mood. I, it feels again, it feels again, sorry, I'm I'm typing out a tweet right now. What did Major League Baseball do? What did Major League Baseball do with those off-white jerseys? You guys see those? Did anybody see those? Did anyone see these Dodgers? They're off-white MLB, like a collab. They just, so I'll, I'll describe it to you. If you haven't seen them, it'll take me two seconds. They're the regular Dodgers jerseys. They put quotations around the word Dodgers, um, and there's holes in them. There's holes in the jerseys. There's holes in the back of it. There's holes in the front of them. And the hat, you'll never believe this. There's holes in the hat. Yeah. It looks like they made the hat out of cheese and a rat fucking nibbled the brim off. Like they straight up, the brim of the cap just has like a divot, a crater missing from it. The hat part, the actual hat part that covers your hair and sits on your head. There's just a hole in it. Who the fuck? Is buying these hats are $260 with multiple holes. T-shirts, $355, multiple holes. Jerseys are over a thousand dollars. They're just Dodgers jerseys with quotations and holes in them. It's fucking insane. It's fucking insane. I don't get it. And I like off-white. I like streetwear. Like I enjoy it. You guys know if you've been listening long enough, you follow the TikTok or whatever. I make my own streetwear. Right, I'm making Detroit stuff. I'm making MSU stuff, Michigan stuff. I've made some Rams things, all kinds of shit. I like streetwear. I like the idea of like, yeah, dude, put your twist on it. Like make whatever design you want. Do something cool. Do something different. I'm all for it, bro. I'm all for that shit. You're just selling a Dodgers jersey with quotation marks and holes for a grand, bro. For a grand. You're selling a Dodgers jersey, and all you did was add quotation marks and remove material. There's straight up, the hat straight up just has pieces missing. 
And people are going to pay hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of dollars for them. And people are going to take pictures in them. And they're going to post them to Instagram going, look how fucking sweet my off-white Dodgers jersey is. Bro, I found Dodger jerseys at the Salvation Army that are cleaner than that. You paid 500 bucks for that. I paid $5, bro. You're missing. Your entire left tit is out because of off-white. Your entire left tit. You haven't been to the gym in six months, dude. Nobody wants to see that shit. Off-white's not doing you any favors by putting your fucking mammary gland out there. Keep that shit tucked in, bro. That's why shirts don't have holes in them is so nobody has to see it. If anybody out there, they should sell a men's and women's off-white Dodgers jerseys. If anybody's going to pop a titty in the off-white Dodgers jersey, at least have it be a nice-looking female or even a nice-looking dude. Fine. Equality. Let the guys have some tit shirts. At least, you know, take care of yourself. Eat something that consists more of pizza and fucking French fries, brother. Nobody wants to see it. I get it. You have $800 or whatever, $1,000. You spend it on the off-white jersey. That's sick, dude. You got money like that. Bro, your fucking 40-pound boob is hanging out of your off-white jersey. Like, put it away, dog. I can't believe it. I saw it come across my timeline um, yesterday. I was like, I read the tweet first. I was like, oh, shit. Off-white and and Major League Baseball, like, they're collabing. This is probably going to be sick. That was my first reaction. This is going to be fucking sweet. Off-white, Major League Baseball? Hell yeah, dude. I got off-white sneakers. I got a pair of the off-white uh, blazers. I really like the off-white Converse. I like most of what off-white does. R.I.P. Virgil, obviously he passed recently. The dude's a legend. He's a groundbreaker or a pioneer, whatever the fuck, in the streetwear space, just kind of doing his own thing, creating his own label on his own. Um, he obviously, the off-white like signature, the black and white, but the signature crosses pattern that they put on the back. Like, Off-White's legendary. It's cool. I get it. You just took jerseys and cut holes in them. People have been doing shit like that since they were five years old to be ghosts on Halloween. Just taking the bed sheet, cutting a couple circles, calling it a day. Off-White took a Dodgers jersey, cut a few holes, and was like, yep. This is worth a thousand dollars. They went out. They, listen, they went to MLB.com and bought a two hundred dollar um, Walker Bueller jersey. They got it to Off White HQ. They broke out the scissors, cut holes, and they were like, "No, this is worth a thousand. We took parts away. We took pieces out of the jersey. Now this is worth a thousand dollars." I couldn't believe it. I still can't believe it. Obviously, I don't know why or who would spend their cash on it. And listen. If you're someone out there, you're listening right now, like, whoa, dude, those off-white things were sick. Them off-white joints were fire. I got to get me one of them. If you're sitting there like a little offended, this guy's a roast, and I just spent my rent on an off-white hat that's missing pieces. Uh, if you're a little offended that I'm roasting it, fair enough. Uh, it's nothing personal, I guess. You just don't have great taste is what I'm trying to say. I just don't get it. Like, you would have to explain it to me. And I understand the allure. Like, I get it, bro. I get Supreme. I get Off-White. It doesn't make sense that they sell any shirts for the prices that they do. But I get why they do. I get why they sell fully put-together, normal T-shirts for $300. I understand why Supreme can just write Supreme on a black shirt and sell that shit for however much. I get it. They're exclusive. It shows that you got to like that. Supreme, it's cool. Bro, if you're going to spend your rent on a piece of Off-White merch, like... 
have enough respect for yourself to buy something that they didn't butcher, that they didn't ruin. Like who in their right mind, honestly, who in their right mind is wearing a baseball cap that has holes in it? The brim is just missing a piece. The part where your fucking hair is has a big asshole. Can you imagine putting a hat on because you're having a bad hair day and there's just a hole? What's the point? What's the point of that? Somebody tell me, what's the point of that? 99% of the time I'm wearing a hat, it's because my hair looks like ass. It's because I I want my hair to be kept under a hat and out of my face, out of my way. I don't want it to be going everywhere. I certainly don't want it to be sticking out of my hat. Otherwise, why would I fucking put the hat on to begin with? I can't believe it. The hats are like, the hats are actually insulting. The hats are actually insulting. The fact that Off-White fucking gave it to their four-year-old German shepherd and was like, here, here, Felix, go crazy. Just chew this fucking thing apart. And then they were like, great, perfect, $800. The fact that they have the audacity to just ruin a Dodgers cat and go, yeah, now it's worth $800. Like that makes me sick to my stomach. (laughs) <laughs> that makes me, that makes me want to throw up. They didn't do anything but ruin it. Like that, people know that, right? They took Dodgers merch and just cut holes in it and go five hundred. It's crazy. It's crazy to me. And I understand the MLB too. Like off white sweet young kids. It's big time merch streetwear. The Dodgers legendary brand, legendary merch. I get it, dude. Partner up with off white. Listen, I for once. For once, I don't know if this is even on MLB because I'm sure when MLB signed that deal with Off-White and was like, fuck yeah, dude, we're going to get one of the biggest brands in the business, some of the smartest designers, most creative people. Like, They're going to take an iconic jersey, an iconic kit in the Los Angeles Dodgers, put the Off-White spin on it, and we're going to be buku bucks. When they saw that shit come back to them and they were like, wait, you – you just put holes in the Dodgers jerseys? What? I don't even know what you guys did. I feel bad for Major League Baseball a little bit because they, I'm sure MLB, I'm sure Rob Manfred wasn't in those meetings with whoever has taken over for Virgil going, yeah, uh, so what I was thinking, off-white, if you want my spin on how this collab should look, maybe you just put holes in the Dodgers jerseys. I'm sure MLB didn't have anybody in those meetings saying that. I'm sure MLB didn't have their design team telling off-white how to design. They just showed up to the last meeting and were like, oh man, I can't wait to see this. It's going to be sick. This is going to blow us away. I'm going to have to have one today. And they just pull out Dodgers jerseys that were left in a fucking rat factory. And it's like, wait, what? This isn't cool or good or well done. It's brutal. It's brutal. God bless you if you spend your money on it. Um, I never will. I don't know how anybody will, but had to do a few minutes on it, as you can tell today. A little bit of everywhere. A little bit of uh, little randomness. You know, we'll talk Michigan in a second. We'll get back to the bread and butter. We'll get back to why you're here. Just had to start off on a little bit of a hot note. I have some programming notes coming later. As I mentioned, in a bit of a rush today because I got to make this flight in a little bit. Um, so I won't be explaining all of that shit today. Follow me on Twitter, Instagram, all that stuff because I'll be posting updates there. Essentially, I'm going to start this this podcast, this feed, the Detroiter. I'm going to slowly branch out to a little bit more than just Detroit stuff. Now, the bread and butter will always be Detroit stuff. The bread and butter will always be Michigan State, Michigan Lions, Red Wings, Tigers, Pistons. But we're going to start doing other sports things like this off-white 
MLB collab, like the NBA finals, whatever. Like we're going to start doing other things. And on top of that, some of you may know, I used to do the second string pod, which is also me. Um, that was just more of a comedy podcast where I'd come on and talk about whatever and just shoot the shit. Really haven't done that in a while. haven't done that since I moved to California. I don't think just because wasn't getting any traction and I was, I don't know. I got fed up. I quit. I guess I was being a pussy. Fuck it. I said it there. I get, I'm man enough to admit it, but I want to start bringing that back. I'm going, I want to start doing YouTube stuff more along like the comedy, just shooting the shit lines. But I also want to do a little bit podcast form. I don't know. I'm still figuring out. I'm going to spend a lot of time at airports over the next few weeks. I'm going to be back in Michigan for a few weeks. So by mid-July, I kind of want to have a plan what I want to do both on the YouTube, both for this podcast, like how I'm going to implement other sports, other random things in my life that I want to talk about. Like essentially, I think I want to turn this into a little bit of a like the Ryan Russillo show or the Bill Simmons podcast where, yeah, the reason you tune in is to listen to them talk about basketball or football or whatever, but they do the life advice, but it's parent corner, but it's whatever Bill Simmons or Ryan Russillo wants to talk about. That's what I slowly want to merge this into. I think is like 80% Detroit, Michigan stuff. And then 20%. Okay. What's happening elsewhere. Okay. This funny story happened to me. Okay. I saw someone riding a unicycle at the grocery store. Let's talk about that. Whatever the case is. So that's the plan. That said, we're going to take a quick break right now. And then on the flip side, we're going to talk Michigan football for maybe 10, 15 minutes. I'm curious. I had a TikTok the other day. Haven't really heard shit about the Wolverines. They've been quiet. They've been in the lab. And I don't know if it's because I fly too close to the sun as far as Michigan State goes. Like, I'm just all I see is MSU. So I just don't even notice Michigan stuff. But for winning their first Big Ten since 04, for having a Heisman finalist, for Jim Harbaugh finally beating Ohio State and getting over the hump, I feel like I haven't heard shit about the Michigan Wolverines. So we'll talk about them after the break. I haven't heard a peep out of the city of Ann Arbor this year. And I know, listen, I know I'm the biggest MSU guy you'll come across. I know that I'm too close to it, right? All my feed is on Twitter, MSU, MSU. I'm an MSU guy. I obviously care more about what MSU does in recruiting and in the offseason than Michigan. But I still pay attention. I still like college football. Like, I still have friends that went to Michigan. I follow people that talk about Michigan. I still try and read and pay a little bit of attention to what's going on there. I feel like I haven't heard anything about U of M this year. Anything. And I don't know how to feel about it. Like, part of me, I think it's funny, naturally, because, like we said before the break, biggest season they've had in 17 years, 18 years. Um Harbaugh in year six, was it year seven, finally beats Ohio State, right? They kind of dominate Ohio State. Aiden Hutchinson is in the Heisman running, by always been a huge Aiden Hutchinson guy. Never said a bad word about him. Always loved him. Go Lions. Aiden Hutchinson's in the Heisman running. You go to the college football playoff. You win the Big Ten. Like, crazy season. Biggest season Michigan football's had since my brain turned on. Really? The only big season they've had since my brain turned on, right? Like I vaguely, vaguely, vaguely remember uh, that Rose Bowl, I think it was, when they played USC, and I think they lost to them. I like, I vaguely remember that, but this is the biggest year U of M's ever had since I've been alive, really, since I've been able to speak and, and my memory has functioned. 
and there's like not a peep about him. You hear the normal Alabama, Georgia, Clemson humming along. Obviously, in the state of Michigan, Mel Tucker's going crazy on the recruiting trail. I think MSU's class is sitting at number nine right now in 2023 as it is, which is unbelievable. Michigan kind of off to a slow start in the 2023 class. I think they only have like four or five commits. I don't think the class is rated very highly right now. And yes, that will all change. Yes, it's still very early. Yes, Jim Harbaugh is going to get some four stars, maybe a couple five stars to come play football there in 2023. Yes, he's going to leverage the best season he's ever had. Yes, he's going to leverage quote-unquote Michigan football being back. Yes, but right now they're ranked 38th. They have six commits. And nobody's really talking about him. They got two four-stars in the class. Mel Tucker's gotten two four-stars in the last three days. So it's easy to kind of, you know, it's easy to see where the attention's being diverted, where it's kind of like, all right, Michigan's a little underground. Michigan State, they're rolling out the Rolls-Royce. Mel Tucker's doing his thing. Um, Twitter's going crazy. MSU Twitter certainly is embracing recruiting going well because we've never really been able to before, (laughs) which is another fucking hilarious tangent to me. God damn it. I don't have that much time because of this flight, but the whole idea of like the entire D'Antonio era, my entire MSU fandom, my entire life, when it comes to recruiting MSU, the mantra has always been, Oh, well we don't, you know, stars don't mean everything. Yeah, fine. That's fine. That's cool. Yeah. You got a four star. Yeah, that's great. We got a five star. That's awesome. But no, no. Are they going to come to East Lansing and are, are they going to work hard? No, we don't need highly talented guys because our coaching staff, they'll coach them up. They'll, you know, they'll train them. They'll untap their potential. Like that has always been the MO around recruiting. Stars don't really matter. Oh, we beat you on the field. Who cares? And now the second, (laughs) the fucking, the moment, the minute that MSU has somebody that can recruit, the second that MSU is pulling four stars from Texas, from Florida, the second Mel Tucker has five-star kids visiting Michigan State, all anybody's doing on Twitter is just Mel Tucker gifts. Mel Tucker recruits like a god. Mel Tucker's going to haul in a top-10 class. Mel Tucker recruiting Michigan State can recruit Michigan State Spartan Dogs. Like, everybody's just balls deep. Now people are clowning Michigan. It's like, oh, 38th class, Mel Tucker's sitting at number nine. Like, everybody's just all in suddenly (laughs) on recruiting and getting four stars and getting kids from Georgia and Texas and California and Florida. All of a sudden, every MSU fans like, yeah, no, this has been like, we've cared about this all along. Yeah. We've, we've celebrated like this all along, but it's like, no, a year and a half ago, we were all still like, no, no, this, no, this kid's a three star. He's a homegrown kid. He's out of Grand Rapids. Like, He's going to come in and he's going to work at Michigan State and he's going to make a name for himself. And if he does anything like Jack Conklin, he might make the NFL. Like that's that's always been what we tell ourselves because we can't recruit like Michigan because we haven't been able to recruit like Ohio State and Penn State and Notre Dame and all these other Midwestern powers. But now that we have a guy, now that we are recruiting, it's like, oh, Michigan. Michigan, what are you guys doing back there? I find it hilarious. I find it hilarious. And I'm obviously guilty of it. But I will say this in my defense. I don't think I was ever one of the guys that was like, no, stars don't matter. I mean, yeah, they fucking matter, bro. What do you mean? It's like every year they show that graph during the playoffs. It's like teams in the college football playoff, 
the number of fours and five stars they've recruited. It's like Georgia, Bama, Clemson, Oklahoma, Ohio State, 100. The next closest team's like 30. Oh, that's weird. Those are the four teams that are always in the fucking playoffs, the ones who get the fours and the five stars. So stars absolutely have always mattered. They do matter. They always will. You have the best players. It's going to be a lot easier to be the best team. That's just a fact of life. Just a fact. Um, But, but, but I was the guy who was, when Michigan would clown on MSU for recruiting, I'd be like, well, at least we beat you on the field, which is, I think, still a valid a valid thing to say, a valid argument, a valid rebuttal. And it helps that Mel Tucker has been successful in one eleven games last year. But I do find it absolutely fucking hilarious that all these MSU fans now instantly, instantly are ready to turn around and clown other schools for their lack of star power. I find it hilarious. It's hypocritical, obvi- hypocritical obviously, but hypocrites, hypocrites are fun or funny. They're not fun. They're funny. Hypocrites even when you're amongst them, when they're your own people, it's very funny to look around and see the people who cried wolf now fucking Nikki Lahava and the wolf carrying him on a chair. That said, I do think Michigan will turn it around recruiting wise. Um, I, I like, how couldn't they, right? You just won the big time. First off, it's Michigan. Michigan recruits well when they're bad. Michigan recruits well when Brady hoaxed the coach. It's Michigan. Jim Harbaugh is still your coach. They've recruited well every single year up until this point they're going to recruit well again. They will haul a good class. I just can't believe there isn't more fanfare, more noise coming out of Ann Arbor. Like, oh man, we, you know, big 10 champs last year, but we're gunning for more. These seniors, these guys want more. Cade McNamara, he wants more. J.J. McCarthy, he wants more. Jim Harbaugh, he got that taste against Ohio State. He wants more. Like, they're not taking no trips to Italy, bro. They're not going to visit the Pope. They're not going to fucking Morocco on a university-sponsored vacation. I don't see any of that. I don't really hear much noise in recruiting. Like, they're not doing anything super out of the ordinary, even though the season was. They got guys coming back. Like, I get I get the hesitancy with U of M. I understand people not wanting to crown them. You lost Hutch. You lost Ojabo. Two of the biggest pieces on your team, probably the two biggest pieces on your team. Dax Hill, another one. Like you lost some major fucking players. No doubt about it. But guess what? Everybody does. Alabama lost everybody. Georgia lost their fucking defense. Everyone loses major players every single year. Maybe Michigan doesn't quite recruit to the level of Alabama or Georgia. Michigan fucking recruits though. Jim Harbaugh brings guys in. Like they got guys that should be ready to replace Hutchinson, Ojabo, Dex Hill. You got guys that should be waiting in the wings, ready to take over for Hassan Haskins. Like Michigan, you have players, you have talent, you have athletes. You should have rising seniors, rising juniors that, yeah, it was cool beating OSU. Yeah, it was cool winning in Indy, but they should be going, I'm fucking like, I want more. That was Hutchinson's whole mantra the year before was like, I'm tired of this shit. We're going to do it differently. We're going to take it to another level, beat Ohio State. I want a shot at Indy. Now, they couldn't beat Michigan State. (laughs) But they had that idea. They had that belief in the feeling of like, listen, Michigan's cap isn't winning 10 games and losing to Ohio State every year. They wanted more. And they were vocal about it. And it was like a storyline throughout the offseason is how these guys in this team, they wanted to be different. Now coming into this offseason, you lost some of those leaders, but you got leaders coming back. Corum, Donovan Edwards is going to be a fucking tank, right? You got – Cade, you got JJ. Last I checked, Harbaugh's still there. 
Like you got plenty of pieces coming back. You got plenty of guys who were leaders last year coming back and it's quiet. And I don't know if it's quiet because it's a little bit of maybe awkwardness with Harbaugh trying to go to Minnesota and that kind of falling through the sentiment or the idea that Harbaugh looked at it and went, all right, fuck. I, I beat Ohio state. I won the big 10. Like, dude, I just don't know if I'll be, I'll ever be able to recruit and beat schools like Georgia and Alabama. Like, I don't know if winning in the college football playoff is going to happen here with me. Maybe Harbaugh's thinking that because that is the final frontier, right? Like that's, what's great about college sports is you can win the big 10 and it's an awesome season and you celebrate and it feels like you won a championship. You didn't obviously, but winning the big 10, winning your conference is a huge fucking deal. And I think Harbaugh, People may believe, I think it's fair to believe, or at least wonder if he's looking at it going, dude, like we did the thing. We beat OSU. We won the Big Ten. The jump from me winning the Big Ten, like it took me six or seven fucking years to beat OSU and win the big. The jump from that to beating Georgia and Alabama and winning a national title, like God knows how long that's going to take if it ever even happens. So I think maybe – some of the quietness around the program could be stemming from that. People looking around like, you know, we just had the best year ever, and Jim, like, tried to fucking dip, and it wasn't even like the Dallas Cowboys called the fucking Minnesota Vikings. He tried to dip to Minnesota. Come on now. Come on now. It's either that or on the totally flip side, they're just working. They're just fucking working. Harbaugh learned from taking baths in the Trevi Fountain. Like we don't need to be loud. We don't need to put out the who's got it better than us videos. I don't need to talk about eating steaks and drinking milk and all that kind of shit. Maybe Harbaugh learned a little bit, or at least the attitude changed where he's like, I don't need to sell Michigan. I don't need to sell Harbaugh's Michigan. Now I can point, we just won the big. We just beat Ohio State. The mantra around here is going to go from, the vibe around U of M is going to go from, parading around Europe, taking fucking videos, yelling who's got it better than us to being quiet, busting your ass and focusing on beating Ohio state, beating Michigan state, beating Penn state, winning the big 10 and then beating Georgia, Alabama, whoever else steps in front of them. That might be the vibe. It's two very, very different angles, two very different feelings. Like one hand, people are, might be a little sour, a little awkward, don't know how to feel. Or on the other hand, Harbaugh's got the people in Ann Arbor, his team, his staff, more locked in than any of them have ever been. They don't give a fuck that they beat Ohio State. They don't give a fuck that they just won the Big Ten. They want more. They want to lock in. They want to beat Michigan State. They want to beat Georgia in that game. They want to go to the Natty. They want everything. Maybe that's the vibe. And, hey, real G's move in silence like Garfield minus the G sound. You know what I'm saying? It's time to lock in. If that's how they really feel and they're locked in, that scares me a little bit because we've never seen deadly locked in Michigan. We've seen Jim Harbaugh, who's got it better than us. We've seen Michigan pundits and fans going, oh, it rained. Oh, it was under 64 degrees. Oh, Michigan State, you guys wore green. We've seen excuse Michigan. We've seen offseason champ Michigan. We've seen recruiting national champ Michigan. Like we've seen every version of Michigan except for the version where they shut their mouths. They don't talk about recruiting. They go about it, get it done, do whatever they got to do. They don't talk about it. They don't parade it. They don't talk 
about what happened in the past, whether it was during World War II or whether it was just last season. They don't talk about that time they beat Ohio State, that time they won the Big Ten. They don't tell you who's got it better than us. They aren't wasting time fucking around in France. They're in the lab in Ann Arbor, lifting weights, taking reps, getting better, focused, learning. All they care about is winning football games. We've never seen that version of Michigan. And they can say, Harbaugh can say, they've always been locked in. They've always had this level of focus. Bro, when you're eating fucking steaks, hanging out at the Roman Coliseum, with your shirt off yelling about who's got it better than you, you're not worried about Ohio State. You don't care about Michigan State, which is why Michigan State comes in and wins those games in Ann Arbor, which is why it took you seven years to beat Ohio State. But all of a sudden, that stopped. The noise is gone. And I don't know if it's people just kind of ignoring and underappreciating. And for once, the shoe is on the other foot where maybe Michigan is the team who isn't getting enough coverage. Michigan isn't the team who gets enough hype versus MSU always being that team in the state. I don't know if it's that or if it's Harbaugh and the gang looking at each other going, fuck the outside, fuck what happened last year, again, more, better. I don't know. If it's the latter, that's a scary thought, bro. I mean, these guys are getting less coverage than than the people that were attached to Jeffrey Epstein. And those people got no coverage. They just swept... Oh, the, the prince of or the queen of England is on a list with a guy who had an island raping little girls. Oh, ho-hum. Nobody talks about anybody on the Epstein list. And they're talking about Michigan football less than that. That's a little scary. You don't know what they're plotting in Ann Arbor. And I'm kind of interested to see what happens. I'm interested to see how it goes and what the press is like and what the attention's like as we get closer to football season. But I do find it interesting. I'm excited if you can't tell. All right, folks. That's all I got today. I got a flight to Nashville to catch. If you're in Nashville this weekend, I don't know. That'd be fucking wild if you are and you're listening to this right now. We should hang out, though. Nash Vegas coming for you. We'll be back next week. We're going to get the programming notes going. We're going to make some changes. I appreciate the support, the followers, everybody who takes part in this community, anyone who messages me. We're going to start getting the listeners, you guys involved more, like what topics, maybe having guest people on, whatever. I want to mix it up more, make build more of a community. So I appreciate you guys. I wouldn't do it without you. Hope you have a fantastic day, weekend, whatever it is. Um, the second string.com. If you want some sportswear, some gas instead of that trash off-white bullshit. We'll see you guys next week.